0: We started edging the play before we even got to the party. Just talking it through and occasional check-ins every couple of days. Like, hey, I thought about this caller. What do you think about that? What do you want me to call you? And just working through that and being like, well, if you don't like something, that's going to be too bad. And you start that psychological play. Right away, I like to talk about the hard stops, or. Soft limits, things we would want to explore if we're in the right space, things that we can bring up. And getting through all of that helps my wheels really turn in the creative process of how can I fuck them up? <laughs> how can we make this just thrilling for us both? But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Man
1: Podcast. Happy New Year to all the gorgeous goddesses, to the rope tops, the jock bottoms, to the panties who swipe from side to side, the squirting sirens, and all the flogging fairies out there. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Welcome, welcome to the show if you're new, welcome back if you're not. It is January 2nd, and I have just like two-ish more hours of lounging around the entire apartment naked before my roommate returns from her vacay. Ugh, just, you know, I'm going I feel like I want to go do the dishes one more time, you know, really just to enjoy the freedom of the space before it gets locked down once again. But for now, I'm talking to you. In a new year, we have got on the delicious, the delightful the kiss me deadly dorian dreadful they are a dominatrix and burlesque performer here in new york city we are uh we're gonna learn what makes sadism kind of sweet kind of cute and i'm looking forward to sharing that conversation with y'all in just a few moments but first tickets are now on sale for the naked comedy show at the hacienda here in bushwick uh, we have 8 and 10 o'clock shows on January 26th. You'll see a ticket link at the top of the schnotes. Go get those now. We're already over 20% sold through. Tickets have been on sale for like two days. You'll also see a ticket link, uh, as well as all of my other upcoming stand-up comedy dates, over at the newly renovated manhorpod.com website. It only took me about a decade to have like a proper website in place, but like, hey, I got my shit together. You think Dan Savage will have me on this podcast now? No longer is ManorPod.com a uh, forever under construction landing page. It's like a proper website. Uh, feel free to go check it out. Again, uh, you'll see where you can see me tell the jokes. You'll also finally be able to buy some merch been a very complicated process over the years uh yeah so you can buy the i'm saving for pegging t-shirt you can buy the stay slutty panties we got buttons we got stickers manwhorepod.com go get it someone was in my dms recently and and we were chatting a little bit and i I think she might have picked up on a little bit of flirty energy or, or something like that i don't know maybe i was just horny i don't know what it was but she she said well well i thought you weren't looking for casual sex." And I found that interesting because it's not that I'm, you know, I said this in a bonus episode I put out on Patreon the other day, but I kind of wanted to put it out here. Not like a slutty back signal to say, okay, everybody come rush on over. I'm just, just to almost like clarify if, if that's the impression I've given off. It's not that I'm looking to quote, not have casual sex. It's that I'm looking to quote, listen to my body. And like honor what my body's wanting, honor what my like desires are, even if my desires aren't exactly you know as slutty as they they historically have been, and like also pursue them when like that's what I'm feeling and wanting. I've I've been talking for a while, you know, the last few weeks or months about you know craving more intimacy in my life, craving more connection. Um, I I would like to be having more sex than I I had in 2023. But more importantly is that I want to want to have more sex, right? So that, you know, there there is a distinction between wanting sex and wanting to want to have sex. In 2023, I just didn't really want to have much sex. How much of it was the breakup? I'm not sure. But I do know that, like, weed was such a heavy part of that. Being a, a couple months off the pot, not as, like, a I'm never touching this stuff again kind of way, just as a let's... Remember what life is like when we're not stoned more days than not. Um, I, wow, did that kill my drive? And I was falling into a routine of smoking pot where like I didn't even necessarily want to smoke pot. I was just like kind of as a a habit. I was just, okay, I'm awake or I'm at this part of the day. I'm going to smoke the weed. So long as I didn't have to get onto a microphone on stage or on the podcast, like I could smoke pot all I want. And, uh, I, you know, son about marijuana really just makes me completely satisfied. But when I'm completely satisfied, there's not really an urge to connect with other human beings. And if I'm not really connecting with other human beings, I'm not really wanting to have sex because the sex I most want to have is usually connected. Right. And then and then what would happen is I'm more back at this like base carnal level of desire where it's like, oh, I am just horny in like a masturbatory way and then when i would try to seek out sex with people it was a bit off-putting sometimes because it would be kind of last minute it would be a lot more direct and to the point as opposed to like oh let's hang out let's be connected and sexual friends i was kind of leaning on the sex than the friend part which then leads less people to want to play in that moment so many times that i get the feedback of like look i totally want to fuck i just would love if we could like plan a little more in advance because I wasn't looking to connect with someone and have like a fun sexual experience I was looking to masturbate with like another human being as a sexual aid and so coming back around as I'm not like stoned a ton of the time and I'm back to being in tune with like what I want and and like actively wanting things And having a desire and drive to get those things, I'm like realizing I want connection again. And sometimes that connection is casual. Casual meaning not instant right now, make me come and buy. But casual as in, well, this isn't a committed romantic relationship. So I don't not want casual sex. I just want more connected sex. Casual, romantic, or otherwise. Because I thought it was interesting when she said that. And then later she showed me uh, pictures of her ass covered in bruises. It it seemed to have been a good New Year's party for her. So, you know, you know who you are. Congratulations. Sorry you had to deal with some drama. Before I get to this week's guest story and dreadful, let's do a quick fan whore appreciation moment. This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a shout out to members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Thank you so much to Margaret Gardner. Gosh, you are so redonkulous. I appreciate your pledge each month. You've become such a wonderful active member of the communities. And a shout out to Brennan Kaiser. Welcome back. I'm glad you're in the crew again. Hope you're getting a good peep and show. And you too can become a member, support the podcast you love, and receive a slew of great rewards like community benefits bonus episodes and behind the scenes content become a member today for as little as two dollars a month two dollars that's all i'm asking for at patreon.com slash man podcast that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash man podcast and now for this week's guest dorian dreadful uh dorian has become a, a friend of mine uh she's a dominatrix and burlesque performer here in new york city a little production note uh, dorian came over a few days before christmas to record and like about 37 minutes in my memory card filled up. So I said, okay, I got, so I switch out the memory card and then we keep recording. And then we had a great conversation about sadism and sex work and, and, and all that stuff. And then, uh, we recorded an awesome bonus episode about burlesque and about doing the impact, um, stand up comedy show at, uh, at ManhorCon back in August. And they were like, yeah, you are cute. I confirm it. Yes, we can go on a date. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. And then the apparently that was a bad memory card because I lost all of it, it was all gone, it's partially why I did a solo episode last week, because, you know, Dorian had to, like, leave for the holidays the next morning, and it was Christmas weekend, so, like, there was no one around to do an episode, so I just had to, like, do a solo, Uh, but Dorian was, was kind enough to come back over on New Year's Eve and do this one, and it was all, I think this one was even better, but if you hear references to, like, a previous recording, that's what we're talking about. But that, that first chunk that we did do, that is going to go out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. And uh, on that one, you're going to hear us talk a lot about demisexuality. So $5 and a Patreon members can hear that tomorrow in the bonus. But for now, enjoy me with the hmm, dreadful Dorian.
0: Oh, the, the history of people that I have liked has created some. Intense coping mechanisms.
1: So is it better for you to just not like people you date?
0: Oh, God. I did try that before, and that also didn't work out very oh. well. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, well, let's see. Our, the first impression, um, I was excited to see the show. That was when I first like knew of your existence and your being. I thought it was incredibly brave to produce a show and also perform in that show because it's from like the producer standpoint of my brain, like that shit is hard. It's so hard to do your own shows because you're like, when you step on stage, you can't take off the stage manager cap. So you're thinking, well, is so-and-so getting ready? Are they aware that they're next in the lineup? Oh, my God. I just saw them walk into the bathroom. I'm still on the microphone. Get out of the bathroom. Are you taking a fat dump? Like, do we have time for this? You know, so it's like, oh, shit. This is impressive cute oh funny but i was also there with my very close friend so i was like i gotta give her my attention and you know we're talking about her relationship stuff and i was like i gotta i gotta focus on my girl i was like we're here we're paying attention and then we got we got pretty drunk Mm -hmm. yeah we at the show uh we were
1: did you byo be hard No.
0: (laughs) Well, we were almost late to the show because we, you know, we hopped around that area and some of those uh, delis and the bodegas around there don't actually have beer. So we were doing like the little hop and they're like, no, you have to go across the street. You just got to find it. And I was like, girl, we got to (laughs) go. I was like, I'm chronically late and she is even more chronically late than I am. I was like, we can't, we're going to get locked out. I, this is my first time coming here. We go, gotta go. Gotta make a good first impression. So.
1: Where, but I did hear cute and funny at some point in there. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we, cute, we, so,
0: funny, and then argumentative.
1: I called it flirting, but I,
0: <laughs> I was heated. I was pissed. You were. <laughs>
1: But I thought like, uh, that's I've- how
0: I knew I was drinking a bit too much. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm way too angry about this. My friend was outside for like a half hour. She's like, girl, I've got a migraine. I haven't been inside for a long time.
1: I mean, I kept going like, hey, look, I, you know, if this is upsetting you too much, we don't have to. And you were like, no, 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 it's OK. Let's do you remember what we were arguing about?
0: Um, Vaguely. I think uh, it was
1: stand up. Or Um, sex work related?
0: It was sex work related. It was, I think it was about um, the uh, uh, documentary. Um, uh, Oh, uh,
1: Hot Girls 1? No, not Mm -hmm. the the Pornhub Mm 1. Yeah, yeah, because I just interviewed the director.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to get into it. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: because you were upset. I forget what they left out, but you were upset they left out a certain perspective or piece of the story and yeah you were in fact but that was i was like getting mm-hmm. i was really attracted to that a passionate <laughs> a passionate babe do you do you, being non-binary like this, this chick of words that like you don't you don't work with you it's fine okay so i'm just yeah. like this this like oh this chick's like really passionate about stuff and and the similar things that i'm passionate about and even if we don't totally agree mm-hmm. on this hyper nuanced issue like <laughs>
0: i don't know it very was, nuanced
1: <laughs> like i didn't know if you were interested in me but i was like i'm very interested i hope like they left and was like he was cute when i was pissed at him
0: yeah i was like that was a good conversation but i was also i have a, a very bad temper i'm very good at controlling it uh-huh. but once i get annoyed by something it takes me a while <laughs> to not be fueled by that fire of just like what the actual fuck
1: does that mean you have to be a little bit mindful of that uh, within within kink uh it's like you can't drink and drive and you can't flog when you're angry is that
0: a guideline well that i mean yeah i I do have to be mindful of my mental state that i'm in Mm -hmm. um i think that working through the feelings that i'm having and the reactions in my body from a therapeutic standpoint has been really helpful with that. So I know that it's not about me if I'm doing impact on someone and I'm not taking anything out on to someone Mm -hmm. that all has to happen before I go into any scene. Right. And if I'm in a place where I'm just something just happened and I'm really pissed off, I won't go into the scene or like
1: you have that self-control to do that.
0: Yeah. There've been parties where, you know, people aren't mindful of the space around a scene And I am asking someone to please take a step back. I really would hate to, like, hit you on the backswing of this. You might get injured. We just need a few more feet of space for the psychological safety of my play partner. And then when people just don't respect that boundary or respect the space that they're in, that...
1: That happened when we did a little scene at Hacienda, right? Yeah. I mean, I was so not aware or didn't care. I was like, Dorian's touching me. This is awesome. Like, I don't care what else is going on. But you were a little perturbed by something.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we all have to learn etiquette of, like, play spaces. And it's not always something that's inherent. And different play spaces and play parties have different rules on voyeurism and getting involved into other scenes. And I think that there should be just a community-wide standard. I wish we could have just a giant New York City conference, all of us together and just be like, let's let's talk about consent and safe spaces yeah
1: but then there would be a whole there would have to be a separate conference just to discuss who, which sex party leaders are allowed to go to the to go conference there, right they'd be like everyone's gonna dump every piece of drama be like well he's not allowed to go there and well you're mm-hmm. not allowed to come to this thing and i don't think this person should be running a party and i don't think she, and you can't get consensus among any of these fucking sluts
0: <laughs> it's it's really such a an intense community with a lot of layers of interpersonal relationships that haven't gone well, that when you enter into the community, even just, I mean, it's been a little while for me now, but I still don't know all of the dynamics where someone will be like, oh, so-and-so. I'm like, what the fuck is that about? Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I, I can't even.
1: It's a sex party. Like, why are we upset at
0: all? <laughs> it's There's nothing unless there is an actual emergency that needs to come with that intensity. Ever, in my opinion. There's things that you can talk about, like even as I'm I'm saying this as someone who does have that intense anger that can arise in frustration, but nothing is that emergent. Mm. Really. Like, unless it's kind of glazing over rules or if you're stepping into someone's personal space or if you are not listening to consent and you're not listening to people that's an emergency if you're not safe that's an emergency not liking someone that's not an emergency you don't have to be a dick yeah you you don't have to
1: ban me from a party I've never attended (laughs) because uh, you don't like me
0: like that's that's, (laughs) that doesn't make sense To me, but there was a party recently with my uh, my nesting partner that we went to, and it was. You have a
1: nesting partner? Did you two move in already?
0: Almost, almost. Wow! I know. Wow. Well, we they have the mother cat of my kitten, so it's it's really intense.
1: This is the same person? <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. I uh,
1: and and our, our next topic of conversation is going to be uh, managing jealousy. <laughs> That's okay. We can work
0: through this. That means that Billy likely needs a little bit more validation of the absolute crush that I have, which is true. Oh, okay. You can feel comfortable in that. I'm glad we have and, that on the record yes. again
1: because, you know, we are back with, with dominatrix and burlesque performer Dorian Dreadful and... They're back for a second recording because we <laughs> tragically lost it in a memory card mishap. And on that memory card mishap, I mean, they they did... Agreed to like go on a date sometime in the new year. So I was yeah. I was like we no longer have it on the record. Uh, uh, Dorian could could uh, issue blanket denials that that ever happened to save face when they realized what a, a terrible decision that was. And so I'm I'm yeah.
0: I left the studio and I was like oh god damn it. <laughs> and then I sabotage. Uh,
1: well, now I feel quite validated. Yeah, Tulsi
0: well- is a, a real beast, but. It's all signals telling you that there's something that you need or something um, is insecure and why Mm -hmm. it's happening.
1: I frequently will say that. I think jealousy is like anger. It's a secondary emotion. Mm -hmm. And like people ask how you deal with jealousy. I go like at first is, well, what is the thing that is like, it's Mm -hmm. not this event did not cause jealousy. There's something else. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting what I need. I don't have enough time. I'm feeling insecure about my body, whatever it is. Yeah. And then then we deal with that. Cuz like when I feel secure in a relationship, I don't really get jealous because I go like, well, I've got everything I need. Why would mm-hmm. I feel jealous? I'm okay. They're great, we're great, everything's good. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh and in in that uh, and in that recording that we lost, I had also <laughs> shared how like when you start getting more serious with this person, I started to kind of like pull mm-hmm. back going like, okay, the Demi babe is, I found <laughs> something good and serious. So I'm going to just take my horror steps backwards.
0: Just got to, ooh, moonwalk out of that space. Yeah.
1: Wait. So wait. wait mm-hmm. After the show, when we were like arguing, like was did you think we were flirting, or were you just like, I am pissed, and you left being like, that was tolerable amount of piss.
0: <laughs> um, this is I less of like they're... why
1: didn't we work out. This is more of an episode of a oh why <laughs> didn't we go out yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that after that show, the I think that it started off as oh this is flirting, and then I was just blinded by drunken like, fury of no, I need you to hear, stop devils advocating me, I understand but you are not the words that I am saying I was like, oh my god (laughs) I was like, I'm just so furious right now I can't even process like the fact that we were in a bar and it was loud and I was like I am overstimulated, I am drunk and I am (laughs) right and I Ugh. Were you
1: oh were you blinded by being right? Yes. Ah, there's there's some there's some of the masculinity in that in that <laughs> NB body of yours.
0: <laughs> I, was like, I, am, I was like, I am right. I know I'm right. I'm listening to your points, I'm validating you, but I am right.
1: I'll let you know that like, you know, that the impact scene we did at Hacienda was fun, but like you can totally ask a little less with me. Uh totally, totally fine. I'm happy to Yeah, Uh, (laughs) when you talked about some people like a a performance goes like, we've been here before, let's get through. I was kind of like, I haven't really been here before, but I'm just really into surprises.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but until that is established, especially with impact and things that deal with pain, until I know you better and your threshold and where you are that day and coming in from other play scenes and things like that, I don't know where your body and your mind is at.
1: Do you find that a lot with like subs who – they they're in their enthusiasm and in being turned on, they kind of want to skip through a lot of the safety stuff. That's really meant to keep them safe.
0: Mm, Not with the people that I, I work with the most. Yeah. Uh, maybe
1: like newbies,
0: newbies, uh, like me, like you. (laughs) I think that sometimes I think that it's just like, Oh, well this isn't the fun that I was waiting for. Uh, I think the psychological part of the dom-sub dynamic really starts right away. And something for me with the setting the scene stages of something, and this is how we're going to play. Mm -hmm. I want that to feel as caring and as thorough as possible for someone who's about to get bound and gagged I want them to know that their psychological safety is just as important to me, especially for someone new, that their voice is still there, even when I'm taking it away. Sure. So going through and being like, okay, well, I probably do a lot more check-ins than um, some other doms, but there might be more that do a lot more. Mm -hmm. It's really up to personal preference for that, but I love the one through 10 pain scale. I want to know if a thud or a thwack feels different, if a sting feels different, what tools and toys feel different to you. Oh, that was closer to a seven with an like an acrylic dagger running down your back versus like the paddle that has the spikes on it. Mm-hmm. What does that feel like for you? And that helps me inform how I'm going to progress the scene so that it can last longer, mm-hmm. so that we can work towards that subspace that you can get into psychologically and euphorically in your body. And it's hard to do in a space where we're like, Hey, let's have a quick chat. There's a ton of people around us right now. Right. This wasn't something we had planned before and, and it can still be fulfilling, Yeah, but there's as a dom for me, I love the negotiations. Mm-hmm. That's something that is really fulfilling for me. So I love that part. I will drag that along as long as possible. Uh, something that where consent was broken at a party with a partner that um, we had worked for weeks on our scene negotiations and our expectations and how we wanted this to flow through our bodies when we got to this play party. And almost we had worked on this. We started edging the play before we even got to the party. Okay. But we had planned it and, it, you know, best laid plans and all of that, but just talking it through and occasional check-ins every couple of days, like, hey, I thought about this caller. What do you think about that? What do you want me to call you? And just working through that and being like, well, if you don't like something, it's going to be too bad. And you start that psychological play Of course, you right away, I like to talk about the hard stops or hard limits or soft limits, things we would want to explore if we're in the right space, things that we can bring up and getting through all of that helps my wheels really turn in the creative process of how can I fuck them up? (laughs) How can we make this just thrilling for us both and doing so in a, a sex party we got through about three and a half hours at the party with a few breaks. Doing what? Of impact of leash What kind of le- what kind of like, impact?
1: Like what are you hitting them with?
0: Um they were in we were both in full latex, so a lot of sensory play. Was it Zaha Santa? Mm mm. Okay. No, it was at a different space. Um, I
1: remember you I think you brought it's I forget, it's not Nico. Wait what's the the one from Impact? Uh, Nicole
0: Angel. Nicole
1: Angel. Well, Nicole, well, that was, I think where I first met them. And uh, I just remember like you mm-hmm. had like a lot of work to do mm-hmm. with them uh, at that party. I
0: yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of work. Like we planned bag. for that too. Yeah. yeah. It, it took a lot. We, we really, we planned for, oh, again, like a few weeks with that of, well, what do we want this to build between us in a room full of other people? Mm. And at this other event, and I really, I f- so respect the runners of this party. It's um, Gloss Group. It's a latex fetishist um, group here in the city. And I love them. I love them so much. I'm learning so much about the latex community, something that I never expected to really find it, like the feelings in, but... I, it's opened up my world so much and just like the concept of latex. But we went to this party and, you know, sometimes things happen at parties that the event runners aren't in control of because there's only so many people yeah. and so many guardians. And I've gotten most of my guardian training with gloss, um, but someone had their phone out and they were recording a suspension happening in the middle of the room with uh, a Shibari suspension and they were doing a 360 recording. And it was a no phones out space. And I was with my partner whose asshole is out on a bench. And I'm like, it j- immediately, immediately, psychologically unsafe. I had my partner completely sensory, like, deprived. So they, so they
1: couldn't see that the phone's out? No.
0: It took me a, a few minutes, honestly, and I think that the the length of time it took me to make the decision, I could feel myself immediately out. I was immediately out of the headspace. I was moving into immediately like a recon of how do I ensure the safety of my partner? Uh, they are not consenting to this video being taken of them. And it wasn't like, oh, there's someone taking a picture. Are you taking a picture of me? And it's a selfie it was we were 7 feet away from them you could see everything it's it's still in that dom top space but it's not like all hands on play it's how can i pull my partner out of this pure subspace that they were in where i think if i just kept going they they might have felt some more hesitancy on my part but I, honestly I could have just finished out the scene until they wanted to be done. And you also but don't. It want... It wasn't right.
1: And you also don't want to take them out by saying, "Hey, we have to stop someone's taking a video because, like, that would freak. That's an unnecessary level yeah. of freak out."
0: So I, I took a few, like, uh, or unnecessary felt... to like
1: that would jar. That would be jar. Yeah. Um, just to get yeah. You I tell didn't me if I'm right, scare That would jar, them. yeah. That scares the word I was looking for. Yeah,
0: I, I didn't want them to feel like the room was on fire. They had a latex blind across their eyes and a full hood and their ears were covered. Their hands and their legs were bound to this bench. They couldn't move without my help. I had a heavy chain wrapped around their midsection and locked. They were locked. Then uh-huh. it felt like I was taking an hour, but it couldn't have been more than a few minutes, but I had slowly like slowed down the impact, went into some soft touching. I covered up their body, I started to undo the chains. I asked them for just a quick break. And then once they got up, sat, had some water, came out of that space a little bit more, I was like, hey, and this is like a a personal partner of mine. It's someone that I engage in in relationship and not just someone like a client, but even with a client, I would want to take this much care and kindness with them. But I was like, hey, I just, I'm going to take a moment I'm going to go talk to my friends that are running this party because I I need something to be done about this. And they were like, well, what's going on? And I was like, well, someone was recording and they weren't focusing on you, but there is a really good chance that you're in the video. And even if this video doesn't go anywhere, it shouldn't be on someone's phone. It doesn't matter. It was really disrespectful. And the first thing I did when I saw someone's phone out at a play party, I was so angry. Oh, the first thing I wanted to do was rip the phone out of their fucking hands and throw it out the window. Which right. I was like, that's not, we can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I mean to, you
1: might have been able to do it. You were probably holding something scary enough to get <laughs> get what you wanted done like, done. I, I could
0: have, but it, it wouldn't, it would have escalated and it would have ruined The environment for everyone else that was engaging in play, whether it was just talking or flogging or whatever was going around around us. It wasn't just about me and my partner. It was also like, maybe this person forgot the rules. And so I wanted to get my partner out of it safely.
1: It's interesting, you know, from the about BDSM, I think a lot of times we think about Stopping in the commonplace vanilla world's view of BDSM, we're thinking about as simple as stopping a certain action. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, well, you have a safe word so they know to stop spanking, as opposed to thinking about stopping the headspace, mm-hmm. which I don't even think I think about very often. But the way you were telling that story, just I'm trying to put myself in the subs. Um, position. And I'm thinking about like again, like that. Oh, you don't want to scare them. You want to spook the the mm-hmm. sub too quickly. Spook the sub, which spook. is probably a fun Halloween party That's game. It's a really fun. Come, I don't know what it is, but it could be fun. Ooh, we, we develop it. Yeah. and But but it's it's um it's less about stop starting and more about like revving like a car like re- yeah. up, revving up revving down and you know. Someone might think, well, the thing's recording, and so you got to stop immediately as soon as possible, but without thinking about the psychological harm of stopping too quickly. Like slamming on the brake mm-hmm. is not always the safest way to stop to a stop. car. It's usually not. Mm-hmm. You slowly ease until you get the car to a stop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I don't think we think about BDSM like that too much in, I, in the yeah. common view of it.
0: I think, of, of course, there are hard stops, and it's not always just you know a hard stop isn't just – a sub going red light, mercy, mm. whatever the safe word will be. The dom or the top also has the right to stop anything at any moment. Okay. But because I know my partner so well, and they're also autistic, mm-hmm. and quick changes like that are really damaging to their their rest of their night, their whole mood. And I was like, well, we know each other. This is I know that's why i really love the pre-planning beforehand because i get all of this information and like with you from our play that we did with the impact now i know areas of your body that like the shoulders really didn't do it for you Mm -hmm. but i know people that it's like a huge sensory tactile feedback is just scraping nails along the shoulder blades
1: i mean i'll be honest with you like i'm more of a pleaser than like Mm -hmm. a sub in that way so it's more like whatever whatever dorian is enjoying doing to me like i'm gonna be anywhere from like neutral to positive Mm -hmm. about because like even if i don't love it i'll be like yeah but they like it so like i want to i want to yeah if they want to hit my shoulders like you hit my shoulders i just want i want to turn you on enough that like you know um we can like Take genitals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's where, like, I, of course, I enjoy impact on people, but it's kind of like baking something. I can enjoy the act of putting cupcakes together, and the process and the thought of buying the ingredients, making sure that I have the bowls and the mixer and that I can put everything together and I preheat the oven and I'm making the frosting Well, those are in the oven and I know that I need to let things set. But at the end of it, I just like, yeah, I can enjoy a cupcake. But personally, I get so much more fulfillment when I know that someone else will enjoy what I have created. Yeah. So knowing that you're a people pleaser, but it helps the game of it yeah. where I can come up with things and I can probably coax out a little bit more of Sensations that you really enjoy. Yeah.
1: But it's like, again, like it's not necessarily about like, so some people like they want to be spanked because like <clears throat> the sensation of being spanked is the thing turn them on. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, what's well, that you're spanking me and like you're spanking me not because like you're there to work this party in that, but mm-hmm. because like, oh, I think they think I'm pretty.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that that's part of like the reciprocity of a dom sub interaction. Yeah where the sub wants to usually almost like 90% of the time, probably higher, wants to just please their dom. They just want to please their top. They want to, you know, sometimes a, a D will like to be really just ground into the fucking dirt. And that's great. A lot of people want a balance of that where, oh, you didn't take that very well. That's pretty disappointing. And now you're thinking, psychologically, you're going through, well, how can I be better? How can I take this better? And then here come the apologies and I'm so sorry, mistress. And then that starts to play into the desperation of I want to please my partner. Mm -hmm. And then if you get a, oh, you took that so well. You're such a good girl. Oh, you're so pretty when you get beat up. Ding. Ding. little reward
1: sex is the same way for me i -hmm. i i I get a lot of chicks who are oftentimes so concerned with like my pleasure do i like something a certain way when we're doing foreplay or fucking Mm -hmm. or whatever and i and i'm kind of or if i'm going down on them and spending too much time on them you know i can sense that they're they're reaching Mm -hmm. out like for my dick just because they're like i feel like i should be giving him something he's doing so much Um. for me and i'm going like
0: (laughs) <laughs> I promise I'm
1: going to come at the end of this. You're like like <laughs> I am not going to, there's not an issue of like whether or not Billy's going to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll be okay. I've learned that y'all are much more difficult mm-hmm. to get going. So let's just do that for now. Yeah. And then trust me, I promise to fuck you. So in a it's way that I happen. want to, yeah. it's going to be, I'm going to be good. Um, I'll let you know when I need mm-hmm. something, but let's do the harder thing first. You know, and so similar. That's a similar Mm -hmm. way with the BDSM, where it's like, I let's just make sure you're taken care of because I'm easy. Like, but also with the BDSM, I'm not one of those. I'm not like. It's also why I don't like identify as the sub in the BDSM sense because I'm like, oh, I don't not want my dick to get dealt with Mm -hmm. by my hand or someone else. I I don't not I'm not into this. Where I'm not sexually gratified mm. from the impact or whatever the thing we're doing. Like, I will at some point want some sort of stimulation and wanna come. Mm. Whereas, there's a lot of subs who obviously are like, no, 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 you could just do blank to me and I'm fucking thrilled. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's mm. not gonna be enough. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> like, my dick needs to be touched.
0: <laughs> mm. mm-hmm.
1: At some point, should somebody mm-hmm. want to or let me do it, whatever, in the in, uh, long course of things.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Do you feel like you're downloading some information on me?
0: Yeah. 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 There's more to play with. Having those long conversations in like a play party scene, like environment, it's hard to have. Yeah. So that's why like throughout it, it's a little bit more professorial. Yeah. Where it's.
1: It was a very fun preview.
0: You know, getting a little bit, of feedback and and things like that. But knowing like your end goal is to get your dick touched. My end goal is to make you so frustrated that you're begging.
1: (laughs) So what is it about sadism that you love?
0: Well, I think that with, with sadism, it's, oh God, I feel like inflicting pain on people is really difficult. And I've been brought up as someone who even now making phone calls to car rental companies, I'm trying to be as meek and as calm and as obliging as possible. Where they're like, Well, what do you want us to do? I'm like, well, I would I would like a refund, please, if that's possible. I mean, it's okay if it's not. No, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's regaining some of my my power. But also, it's less about me and it's a, it's about helping and being the avenue for someone to push past that, that limitation of, of fear where I don't want to hurt people is a huge fear of mine. It's huge, huge fear of mine. I, I'm going into the helping profession so that I don't hurt people. But as a dom that's what i really am loving to do because it's we're we're entering into this space together we're on the same team i'm not going to hurt you out of any malicious process or anything in my head that is just out of hatred or out of pure actual anger or resentment if i did that would be unethical but being able to be a sadist in a way that is positive and knowing that if I have someone with me that's afraid of blood, but they really want to work through that and we get to build this relationship and the electricity and this the safety between us that I can start bloodletting a little bit and watching them figure out how to move through that fear And that barrier within themselves that I I think that there's this image that I picture in my mind when I think of sensory barriers, fear and limitations where we have them like we have a a brick wall. Mm. And our brick wall is our hard, hard, hard stop. But before that brick wall, maybe you have some drywall that was covering up that. And maybe you have some curtains that are over the drywall. And maybe from there, there's a door that you have to go in to enter the room where there's the curtains and the drywall, then the brick wall. If you're having issues and difficulty walking into that door, unlocking the door, pushing it open and taking a step into that room where fear is residing and just this space to keep you as safe as possible. Where you're creating this this ideal of safety that's limiting you from exploring and really experiencing. That it could be translating into other aspects of your life as well. And that's where like the therapy mindset comes in. And that's where becoming a mental health professional comes in. Is that if you can get into the room of a therapist, if you can get into a dungeon of a dom, the same goal is to work through fear. And the sadism in the dom side of me is watching someone feel that pain. And then that pain just igniting into this just vibrant pleasure is so rewarding for me. So rewarding. Knowing that someone is pushing themselves harder safely. And knowing that I'm responsible for their safety too. That I, I can give that space and be that person that someone feels safe enough that they can explore pain. Because how often do we do that? I, I think that people get tattoos so that they can explore pain. I I mean, I'm covered in them. I've done it my whole life. Has tried to explore pain in ways that I felt in control. And it's a mostly controlled space that you can explore it. And as much as I love to receive pain, I also love to give that. But I don't want to hurt people.
1: So for you, uh the sadism is definitely like a psychological turn on or like yeah. you know, not not sorry to be crass, but like no, does of like when you're hitting something, like does it make you wet oh, or yeah. is it more of a mental thing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that uh for someone who is demisexual, that arousal comes from a psychological space and a space of safety and comfort. So knowing that I have established a space that feels safe for my partner, my partners, myself, that opens up my own door to unlock, to get past, to push back to the curtains, to punch through the drywall and to find that brick wall. Because I have to do it every single time because I still always have that small fear of, I'm really going to hurt someone. Mm. But they want it. So pain versus hurt. I can inflict pain on people and it doesn't have to hurt them. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think. Long-winded, but that that's good. where sadism is for me. Sadomasochistic vibes over here. Yeah.
1: No, it's going to make for a great clip for... Uh, for- <laughs> about sadism i think so i was like yeah th- me internally going billy shut the fuck up shut the fuck up oh, don't God. interrupt shut the fuck up billy I mean- let them keep going <laughs> shut up billy no one cares it's not that funny anyway shut up that's me inside that's my head okay. that whole time you can
0: let out all the bits now no, all i right. mean it's it's definitely a very i don't know maybe people will relate but that's enough for me yeah mm-hmm. that's great how you feel i'm good
1: I don't like have a, I don't really like have a good pivot off of that because, uh, yeah, that sounds, I mean, look, I got all the validation I needed in like the <laughs> first 90 seconds You're of like, this interview.
0: We uh, could just done
1: that. I'd be like, you know, a whole episode is them going like, yeah, like I, I do have a crush on you. We're like, okay, we're good. And we're good. Wrap it up.
0: Thank you. This could have been an email. Let's lock it.
1: <laughs> uh, lock it up. This is going to be a mini-sode. Uh, I'll do 59 minutes of intro, and then I'll do (laughs) the one minute where I get compliments. So
0: many ad breaks.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I am excited. Well, you know, it's funny. In listening to the recording Mm -hmm. that we did salvage, uh, you had mentioned how, like, well, Billy, we were in business mode then. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, like, do I have to not do business with you? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Because you know I you know uh, in theory we can we' we plan to do impact mm-hmm. again not uh, impact play but impact the comedy show hey uh on February seventeenth I believe it is yes, and uh that was really fun, so mm-hmm. I do want to take a a moment to talk about that, but you know there's a clip of it where from the other thing where I had mentioned, oh, well, like I wasn't sure mm-hmm. this, that. And you said, well, Billy, like we were in business mode mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to mix kind of the flirty stuff with the business mode. And then I'm like, oh, I should have, I should have booked Jem then yeah. for the show so we could <laughs> could smooch. Um, <laughs> should have booked Jem, who also terrifies me, but oh. in a wonderful way. Love Jem. Jem Love terrifies Jem.
0: me in the hottest way possible. Jem and I, I should. <laughs> Gemini, that's funny. Oh, yeah. Gem and I should co-top for Impact. V-
1: very very possible we could talk about that. But uh what what was your experience like doing Impact? Uh what was it like to share the stage with stand-up mm-hmm. comedians while performing a BDSM scene?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh it was challenging. I think that uh, it was really my first time with a sub in a space that was 100% performative where there wasn't either a closed off space or, you know, I haven't really done demos like that before where it wasn't at a play party
1: Hmm.
0: where it wasn't like the expectation of the night was that people were curious about, about doming or things like that or that like the people in the room would soon be having sex with each other. In the same room, I, you know, I'm sure and hopeful that we got a couple people to use their imaginations and take that home.
1: I mean, I know a couple people at man, the main after party did go back to a hotel room while we were yeah. drinking in the main room.
0: Yeah, they did. <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: Were you there for when we like gave a little applause? Yeah. So when came back? Yeah, that was, yeah that was
0: great. Good job, you know y'all. You, you
1: know who you two are.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck that shit up. But it, for being on stage... I have a performer background, so that I wasn't concerned about. I think that I was mostly nervous about staying in our lane. Um, Nicole Angel was my beautiful rubber doll for the night, and we had, again, worked for a long time and really established what we wanted to do. We had many hours-long conversations about – how we could do this within the world that was being established on stage of having a comedian next to us, not overshadowing what they were doing, but still being seen, not being too vocal. And we came up with different ways to communicate with each other where I'm a very vocal dom. I like to use my voice a lot. I think it's a powerful tool that I I have in my kit. Um,
1: But I told you, like, let's minimize (laughs) the vocal because someone's got to talk about their father issues. So let's make sure that's there. Yeah. Was it difficult to not, like, laugh at at jokes, like, while doming?
0: Um, I think that some jokes I I just let myself chuckle at. Uh, But if Nicole was distracted, I would immediately recon that and pull her back in. I think that we... Tried to show what would just be done with us in a normal circumstance with a few modifications. Like we did some some play with um, sorting color candies and how I could see the frustration building in their shoulders when I knocked the bowl back together so that they had to redo the color sorting. And watching them write lines on a whiteboard and watching them if I told them that they needed to do it over again and seeing that happen and seeing the audience right there kind of checking out what was happening in those moments that it was less like, I don't know how many people in the audience were there for the BDSM of it or both or just to see what the fuck is gonna happen
1: i don't know how many but i do know we sold out because of the bdsm yeah.
0: bar.
1: there were people in the in the bar who weren't there for the show and they were like can we buy a ticket i didn't know there was gonna be a dominatrix i've been trying to make i've been trying to get her to do it to me she won't do it so can we come in and watch <laughs> can we come in and watch buy a ticket we, we were like, like we were shoving seats in spots i'm looking forward to y'all doing it again
0: yeah yeah we're I... gonna
1: we're gonna have to uh talk soon about uh what that should look like
0: i think so yeah I- can
1: i book like separate like uh can i can i schedule separately like like a flirty date hang and then separately from that like a, mm-hmm. a business yeah it has uh, to discussion. be coded yeah i can do yeah. that like this coffee is to like look at each other's <laughs> eyes in a cute way yeah this coffee is to discuss how you're gonna beat your sub up in front of people mm-hmm. uh, okay cool cool yeah great glad we got that covered
0: yeah i need that (laughs) distinction for my brain or i get too distracted
1: i'm happy to do it because like like when i do the podcast i've had some guests who like will they'll do what like they're not i i know i'm not supposed to do with like they will very much cross like the line Mm -hmm. to like heal me like in the moment like i've i have i've had sex immediately after recording the podcast like put things down right but like total surprise to me because yeah they're being flirty but like i know i'm supposed to because this work i get that and I've watched the news. Uh, <laughs> I've heard something.
0: So, I've heard a thing about a thing.
1: I've been happily receptive to these advances in my workplace environment. But sometimes after they leave, I go like, you know, like, I'm pretty sure I wasn't wouldn't have been allowed to do that back. At, I don't know if they should have done that to me. Uh, mm. <laughs> so so uh, I appreciate that distinction because it's I am also comforted going back to this kind of strip club talk of, mm-hmm. look, I just don't want to accidentally hurt somebody. So just tell me where the lines are and then I will run all around the line I just won't cross I just I just want to know where it is I like lines they tell me yes. where things are some people think uh, not knowing the line is sexy I'm like that's fucking terrifying that's to not me. for me no thank you Maybe it can be for
0: other people but yeah not for me either yeah
1: well uh, Dorian for now you know where can people go to to find you follow you check out your stuff you also run a monthly burlesque show at uh, Hacienda called I do
0: Arouse Arouse uh, we actually have a date. It is the day before impact.
1: Oh, the sixteenth. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's gonna be a full weekend, Billy.
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy.
0: I know
1: Um, so where can people go to keep their eyes out for uh for tickets for that and, and all other delightful things from you?
0: Oh wow, delightful. That's part of my tagline. Did you do that on purpose? I did not. Mm-hmm. You wow. just are. You're ra- just today a-
1: you're you're radiating today a bit. Oof. Yeah. Ooh, Skin's crazy. brighter today. I washed it. <laughs> it's really
0: nice. It's the New Year's glow. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and FetLife and OnlyFans at Dorian Dreadful D O R I E N N E. Dreadful, or goddess Dorian. <laughs> the, if you the, can't spell, the quick dreadful. pause before you go. How
1: do I spell dreadful? I forgot.
0: <laughs> it's the. It's the. Do I have to spell this one out, or oh. can you use your autocorrect to get dreadful?
1: This coming. This coming from the baby who's like, look. Sometimes you need a seatbelt explained to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's for consent and safety. If you can't spell my name, sometimes then...
1: people can't remember seatbells, but you should know how to sp- spell a silent A. Okay. Oh, uh, honey,
0: honey, <laughs> baby doll, you're going to put my name in the description of this. Yes, I am. If they can't infer that from seeing it with their own eyes, useless
1: that's so ableist of you it's so sexy I will have a links to all those uh, handles in the show notes everybody Dorian thanks for coming back over here Definitely. and uh, Patreon people you're gonna hear you know what we did get last time <laughs> you'll get that as a bonus episode tomorrow so check the feeds for that all $5 and up Patreon members uh, but for now why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody
0: okay goodbye drink some water or I'll kick your ass and I love you and uh Mm Mm-hmm. Bye.
1: Okay, wait, hold up, hold up, because I'm going to play a little... You loved Dorian, right? Of course you did. So there's more. There's more of Dorian Dreadful. If you just don't click next or swipe away too quickly, I'm going to play a clip from our bonus episode that comes out tomorrow. I'm going to play it right now. Just hold on. Let me say a few pluggy things. Okay, hold on. The best place to discuss your thoughts on this week's show is in the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room, which is now at over 800 members. Join our Discord server by clicking the link at the top of the notes. Oh, you know, that is actually a good note. I need to put a link to the Champagne Room on my newly renovated website, manwhorepod.com. But for now, you go to manwhorepod.com slash and, uh, and join us in there. It's completely free. You can also shoot me an email with your thoughts, your questions, uh, your your New Year's sex solutions at manwhorepod at gmail.com. And again, Patreon is the best way you can support the work that I'm doing here. For just $2 a month, you can be alleviated of any shame or guilt about contributing to an independent content creator like myself. Okay, it's 2 You don't got $2? Come on now cough it up patreon.com slash man podcast two dollars to join if you want to hear the bonus episode with dorian dreadful tomorrow join up at the five dollar level sign up for an annual membership and you get a discount for the whole year oh gosh they're so fucking pretty okay uh anyways everybody bye happy new year stay slutty
0: I think the last time that I really did that was right before the lockdown happened, like the night of the city, like at a bar. And everyone's like, we probably shouldn't be out here. (laughs) This is starting to get pretty serious. And then the next day, New York was like, hey, all bars and everything. And we're like, oh, wow. And that night, I was like, well, I mean, there's this bartender that I've had a crush on. Talked to him all of probably 10 minutes of actual substance but just like flirting like what, what movies do you like and then I didn't like the answers you know <laughs> but I was like <laughs> <laughs> but I was like I'm so horny and I'm craving someone to just be close to me mm. and I was like well alright <laughs> here we go and then the morning it was like why did I what The whole time I was like, damn, I want to be in my own bed right now. This sucks. And that's (laughs) not
1: different from like a standard, you know, one night stand regret. I think a lot of femmes feel. Yeah. I
0: mean, mean, yeah, I feel like I've had that with every one night stand I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And that regret comes from a place of I don't want to have sex if I'm not going to enjoy it Mm. past the moment.